Yeah, I was like, why would it have several controls? Why would it? Yeah, the buttons on the front make sense. What the fuck is this dial? And I then love I that. was making it up in my head. That it's got was, special features. <laughs> and that when I was turning it up, that when I was like turning the dial, it was doing something to the fan, and I was like, oh, it's definitely making it more powerful. <laughs> oh my god, that's like. Oh and then god. yeah, then I turned it yesterday, and then it just turned off. And I was like, oh, no, fuck, it stopped working. Like, no. I was in the middle of doing, um, working mm. and laying on my bed. And obviously it was really hot at this point. And, um, and then I went to turn it on and I was like, no, fuck, you fucking idiot. This is a timer. <laughs> yeah, so my fan doesn't have loads of fancy controls. It does have a timer, which is good because it means that for power saving purposes, I can like put it on for an hour and then go to sleep and then I'm fine. And then it turns off. Yeah. I don't know. Power saving purposes. Power saving purposes. <laughs> Thinking of the planet, Madison. Uh, um, as just stays on. Yeah. Although Joe turned it off last night because he was getting pissed off at the noise. Because oh, it's I like. Ah, uh, though yours is a bit like because it's squeakier. Yeah. yeah. It, the little light moves on it, right? Yeah. Mm. If it's on high, but I, I don't mind it. Mm. I get used to it. I really like the noise of a fan. That's a bit of a red mm. flag for me. Is when someone cannot sleep with the noise of a fan or with like and I ha- always have my audio red flag fun. Joe <laughs> <laughs> yes sorry Joe no um, but your fan is a little bit different because of that creaking light like, that, yeah. that, that does make sense yeah but no that does make sense shall we start shall we Welcome. <laughs> and we're on episode seven. We are on it. Oh my gosh. I can't. I genuinely, it blows my mind. I know. Someone was asking me about it yesterday and they're like, oh, how's it going? I was like, yeah, it's good. It's episode seven. Wow. What we're almost hell? at 10 and we just had a hundred followers on Instagram. Look yeah, at us. Yeah. We're like, Woo! Yes, we are now quitting our day jobs and stepping into our lives as influencers <laughs> and podcasters full time. That's, <laughs> That's it, Rosie. That's all we want to do. Oh, I freaking wish. Um, yeah. Episode seven. Whoop. Here we go. Also, we'd like to say a big thank you to everyone that listened last week. And I'd yes. like to say a big thank you to Maddie, who, bless her, spent all day <laughs> editing the steaming pile of chaos that was last week's Aww. episode. So we've made the little recording studio where we are a dog-free zone. Yes. Um, no more dogs. No more dogs. No more recording under the joyous Christmas tree, because I think we just got so like distracted distracted and yeah it just turned into a complete and utter nightmare of an episode basically but it was fun and we hope you all loved it and yeah thank you and next week is going to be even better we've got a little bit of a treat oh my god i'm so excited for this (laughs) it's not even funny we can't wait to share it with all of you oh yes but yes um how was your week yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's flown by again. It was good. Yeah, had a fun weekend in Hawke's Bay. Didn't we? Yeah, we, we did have a fun weekend. How many weekend. bottles of champagne did we drink? Maddie and I drank. Mm. So sorry, Mandy. Maddie and I drank four bottles of champagne of between Moet. us. Oh, not no. just not just not like just a... like cheap tat off the shelf. Like yeah, <laughs> we drank a lot of champagne. Sponsored by Mandy and Richard. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> As with everything in our lives. Um, yeah, no, we drank a lot of champagne. We had obviously amazing food. Um, yeah, it was a really, a really fun weekend. Um, Maddie went for a four-hour nap. Oh yeah, in the evening. Yeah, I had like that was of, beautiful. I had like a forty-minute sleep, and it was it was amazing because I had slept off the effects of the alcohol. Yeah, 
which shows me I need to start taking more naps when I'm drunk. Yeah. But yeah, you would have thought that's not even a nap. That's no, a sleep. That was like a good, that was a great time. We, um, so it was like a champagne breakfast. So it started at 10 and by six o'clock, all the 60 year olds or 50 plus year olds were still going. And then anyone under like 30 or plus was, Joe. Um, was, yes. Yeah, so. anyone, anyone under 35. Yeah. Anyone under 35 was like done and we all went off and had a sleep and we went to sleep at like six and woke up at 10 and I let the dogs out fed the dogs and went and kicked everyone out of the house basically with and then helped clean up and the best part is (laughs) that night oh my god (laughs) okay so we're all clean we've all cleaned we're all like getting into bed um literally I everyone's like oh night everyone night everyone and then suddenly there's like a moment of silence and we all hear ah! it wasn't even like that it was like a proper it full was like on a proper, like proper I'm gonna die scream I mean I'm not gonna do it I'm not because I don't <laughs> want to deafen everybody and that's probably deafened everyone enough sorry turn your microphone I, I can't pre-warn you but it's like <laughs> and we're like oh my fucking what what the hell was that what's wrong oh my god and then no one, but basically no one wanted to go and investigate. Everyone else was like, it's someone else's problem. <laughs> She'll be fine. She could have been getting murdered and we all just would have been like, oh, no, it's it, that's for someone else to deal with. Um, she wasn't getting murdered. You weren't getting murdered. No, I think I got possessed. Oh, I genuinely God. believe I got possessed for a moment. And maybe it was after we had that big conversation in the car down about possession yeah. and spirits. Yeah, we did have they a conversation on our way to Hooks Bay about that. Rosie and I had a great drive. It was just her and I. Her Usually and I, it's yeah, us bl- and the boys. Yeah, but we got to blast Taylor Swift to the whole way. Yeah. I just hit the radiator. Um, got to blast Taylor Swift the whole way, eat McDonald's. Maddie spilled her McFlurry all over herself. Yeah. My McFlurry tipped over, but I didn't even get a drop of it in the car because that's how skilled I am. It was um, beautiful. But, but yes, I would just get... like to explain this. Yes. So okay, I have a terrible habit of squeezing my face, like squeezing spots on my face mm-hmm. or finding spots to squeeze on my face. Yeah, a, glor- a, gl- a glorious task, to be honest with you. Fucking, I, do the same. I know, but it's like the so worst. Good. Like my, If you know me, you'll know that like I've probably got fine skin unless I've been squeezing it and then mm. it's all shit. Anyway. Yeah. There you go. There's my flaw. <laughs> my one and only flaw. My one and only. Uh, just one of many, but... Um, so, anyway, it was like... Gonna have, I just had a little bit of a squeeze, and I don't know. I was looking in the mirror, and then all of a sudden, I heard someone in my ear, and I thought it was... I'm picking my face now. I need to stop. Like, just like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I heard someone in my ear... And I thought it was either my mum or Joe because they always come up and like tell me off. Mm. Fair enough, they should. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got a fright. And when I get a fright, I scream. I'm like vocal. Yes, you do. <laughs> very <laughs> cannot contain. Just such a jumpy person. Yeah, Just like very person. easy to scare. Please don't scare me ever. I hate it. And then I'll get real sad. And then I'll get real angry. And I'll probably like punch you or something. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Turned around no one there and I shit you not someone was in my ear like someone was there oh, that was so scary so anyway and then I just kind of walked out and I was like real sheepish I was like I'm sorry because <laughs> <laughs> it was really late people that were staying in the house had already gone to bed and yeah she was yeah she just woke the whole house up with her yeah I don't think their house is haunted 
I don't think that house is haunted. No, I think your dad. Too nice to, yeah. I think your dad would have scared off the spirits <laughs> with his like, with his dancing and <laughs> singing <laughs> and his singing and music. Oh, oh dear, so good. How was your week? Yeah, my week has been good. It's been busy. Yeah, it's been yeah. It's coming to that real Christmas yeah. manic. I mean, I've always really been in my job for that long, <laughs> and I'm already like bring on the Christmas break. And your boss is like at two p.m. just like go home. Yeah, which <laughs> and you're is, like I've got shit to do, which is great. But then I also have loads of shit to do when I come home as well. So it's like. I win! I win! <laughs> no, I don't win because I have so much to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's busy, but I had a bit of a moment this week where I was getting really quite stressed about having loads of stuff to do and being really busy. And then I kind of took a step back from the situation and was like, hang on a minute. Just remember that you are... This is going to sound so corny. But it's yeah. Christmas time, so it's okay. time for corny. Corniness. That kind of living the dream I wanted a year ago. Did you send me, who was it that I find this quote or did you send it to me that were you telling me it? That was like, mm, I can't remember. Honestly, Something about like your dreams and you're actually living them right now. I think I've saved it. I'll find it. Okay. Because I did save it yes, somewhere. But I'm actually living them right now. Yeah. Like I moved to New Zealand I've wanted to do it for years. I now live here. Sometimes when I'm in the car, I catch myself being like, wait, I'm driving to work in New Zealand because I, I live here now. Like, it is, it's... In, in the hut, the most glorious... <laughs> in the, the most glorious the valley. Most <laughs> glorious and glamorous valley in all of New Zealand. In all of the world, actually. Yes. Uh, the hut is fine. The it's hut beautiful. Is, the hut is beautiful. Um, that's the thing with this country, is that so much of the landscape is just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Like that even in, even when you're driving through the hut and your <laughs> exhaust pipe falls off your car, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, I'm in New Zealand. Uh, and then I've obviously, I'm now working in a, like a digital marketing agency. I also work for a PR agency. Like, I've always wanted, I mean, I've always wanted to work in PR. I've always wanted to work solely for an agency. I now have a podcast. Like, can we just talk about for a second, both of us have only, well, only just, we have come to the realization that we might have bitten off more that we can chew, but we're absolutely embracing it. Yes. And we're trying to manage it. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to be like, okay, well, we're literally working a full day's work, coming home. And most days we're just sitting at our computers and working straight after work to try and get what we've committed to do done. Yeah. But we are um, trying to work on like setting up our own business and And we wanted to. We chose yeah, we this chose is, this. This is, is our choice. This is the thing. We chose this. Like we're there going, Oh no, we're so busy. <laughs> we just wanna watch the Kardashians and it Harry and Megan. It was us. We chose to really do this. So, yeah. But it's th that was quite a nice moment for me this week. Yeah. Being like, wait, I'm actually achieving shit that yeah. I want to achieve. And I'm it's it's going well. Yeah, it's super important to like sit and reflect on that. Because yes. I think I'm in the same boat. I'm like, a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, a look year ago, you were a year ago. And now look where you are. Yeah. It's so just the we'll year of just... realising stuff, basically. <laughs> well, we've got like 10 days left. Oh. Woo! Oh no. 10 days till Christmas! Oh, fuck. I, oh god. And just for context, we're sitting here, we're so committed to you guys that we are sitting here. It is 
oh, just about to turn seven in the morning. Um, yeah. I got up at five to walk the dogs. Patch's first beach visit since oh, June today. Yay. And he did really well. He didn't see a single dog, so that's why he did really well. But he was really relaxed. Did he see any stingrays or orca whales? Because We did see stingrays. <gasps> Lots of beach stingrays. I took a photo. I took one a photo of one the other day for you. I didn't take one today. But um, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I see orca whales now. Yeah. And that's my mission. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. You missed out yesterday, didn't I you? I fucking know I missed out yesterday. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Mm-hmm. We'll just walk the beach every day until we find one. Okay, I'm not getting up at five, so I'm not that determined. If I come into your room with a coffee and say, get the fuck up, bish, you might. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Woohoo! I've also had my realisation that I'm going to change, because um, I'm like a sleeper in a... I'm like, oh, I'll snooze my sleeper in a, I'll snooze. But you know what? I'm like now motivated. I'm like, I am going to get up at five. I usually get up at like five. My first alarm goes off at 5.30. But my first alarm's now going to go off at five. And I'm not going to have a single follow-up alarm. Okay. I am going to commit to that. Okay. And sometimes I snooze my alarms in my sleep, so that's fine. I'll probably just snooze this one. <laughs> but you know what? I'm committing. My alarm is going off at five every day. It every work day. Every it, work day. It doesn't matter that I then snooze it and sleep <laughs> until 8.15. Yes. <laughs> we'll give you an update next week. Yes, we'll see how it goes. We'll do yes. a, you'll do a week of being up at five. Mm. One thing I would appreciate <laughs> is if you do get up at five and go to the beach... Take your fucking phone with you. <laughs> so, a couple of weeks... This has happened twice now. And a couple of weeks ago, I... It was... What time was it? I think it was about quarter past six. And I... It's my alarm... My alarm goes off at quarter past seven. Because I <laughs> like to be able to not wake up super... I naturally... Do, I naturally wake up usually about half six anyway. But I don't like to kind of emerge from my pit until a bit later on. But anyway... So, I was like... Maddie's alarm is going off and it woke me up and I was like right if it's woken me up how is it not waking her up and it kept going and going and going and I was like what the hell how how is she sleeping through this I know she can be a deep sleeper and can snooze her alarms but how is she sleeping through this and then I get up and I was like wait the bedroom door's open she wasn't there no she'd gone to the beach her and Joe had gone off for a lovely walk on the beach and she just left her bloody phone for her alarm to wake me up so I had to go in and turn it off and it happened a second time like three days later <laughs> oh, but yes all so the, sorry yes you should as you freaking should be should we uh, get into it <laughs> yes I'm all for, well this is actually relevant actually actually actually, actually relevant actually, actually, actually. actually. Um, but I'm all for this 5am idea for me yes just take your pissing phone <laughs> well I'm only have one alarm now so okay. I'm deleting my 6 o'clock alarm out the window okay gone okay I've only got like I've only got today well after today I've got one Friday Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday I've got <laughs> do you like how I've counted that one two <laughs> simple maths with Maddie <laughs> five working days of the year holy shit I've only got three I think oh fuck you <laughs> that's alright we'll be working through mm, I gotta say it's not like I don't have shit to yeah do. it's fine Oh dear. Well, what are we talking about today? Aside today, from life. We are talking. So today, it's going to start off, and it's going to sound ultra uber like niche, mm. but actually, it relates to loads of stuff. Yeah. So, the little title I'm going to hit you with is "Living in a Cabin with Three Girls" Mm-mm. and what that teaches you 
about life. Three other girls. Three other girls, yeah. Excluding yourself. Excluding yourself. Literally excluding yourself. And it is a cabin. I don't even know how to describe it. I wouldn't actually... It's probably not... Think the little main bedroom is going to be only a... It fits two bunk beds. Yes, it fits two bunk beds. Long. Um, so the length is probably like... The width is probably... Probably not far off this room we're in. Like the office room. Yeah. Because you don't like, have that much sense. What do you think? Three meters? Yeah, probably. I'd say three, four meters. Mm. It's three, four meters, and then it's f- wide, mm. and then it's two bunk beds long, plus maybe a cubby if you're lucky. Yeah. And then a little bathroom with a shower that just fits a shower and a toilet. And the giant water heater thing. Yeah, in there water well. cylinder. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So obviously, as you know. Maddie and I met working in America, mm-hmm. and when we were working in America, obviously you've been back, you've been in America many more times than I have, and um, I've only ever done it once, but we lived in a little cabin, and yes. yeah, we lived in, as it's just been described, very close quarters, and we not only live, we kind of all lived together, we worked together, we did, we just did loads together, so you're very much in a environment in which you're kind of pushed into being with these yeah. people because you have to be because you 24 7 yeah 24 7 you Literally. work as part of a team you then come out of that environment of the like work environment and then you go into your living environment and they're still there and i think it's really important to for us especially in that situation we worked together we lived together but we were on such different schedules to everyone else that mm. worked on site and yeah. lived on site that we ended up working together, living mm. together, but also spending all of our time together because yes. we would go to dinner later or we would go to breakfast earlier than anyone else. So we'd always be... And Yeah, and people would finish earlier than us and they'd all be like, we're going to do this. It's like, ha, 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 we're, we're not, still working. We're still working. <laughs> and it's a very... It is in the environment we were in, the team, like you say, the team we were in was had a real... It often it runs like in quite clickiness. a separate, separate vein to the rest mm. of the staff just purely because of what we were doing yeah and because the time and attention and care that needs to be put into what we were doing not saying that people didn't put time and attention and care into other stuff but we had to put like extra we were into- looking after live animals yes so we had to do a lot more and obviously there's a lot of challenges with that because you you know you sometimes have days where you're like i literally never want to see your face again after yeah. work oh wait no hold on <laughs> We live together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it brings a lot of challenges and it teaches you a lot. If you had to describe it in one word, how would you describe it? I'd just like to give everyone like some context too. So every week Rosie looks at our questions and kind of writes them up and gives us a bit of structure. Mm. Me, no, not so much. But she doesn't show me anything. So every time she asks me something, it's right <laughs> on the spot. Which is probably when we build our plan for planning next year with all the other stuff we have to do, we may edit that slightly yeah. and I will probably show you. The- Actually, that's... No, a- it's, it's quite good, I think. Also, that's a shitting lie because I sent you them You sent me to- a photo, yeah, but I didn't look. <laughs> <laughs> On and purpose. That, that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> sums up our friendship. Did you see that thing I sent you like five days ago? No. Yeah. <laughs> Rosie's always sending me reels. I'm like, then I send her one and then it's like, Hannah Parfumman, seven new messages. And I'm like, huh, oh, oh. interesting. <laughs> and then I never open it. So I'm just sending you reels, but you've, I've got like a whole line from you. And I just never open it. Anyway, anyway one word, chaotic. Yes, agreed. Chaotic. What's your word? You've had time to think about this. So Challenging. 
That is challenging. It's great. Chaotic and challenging. Chaotic and challenging. That doesn't mean to say that it can't be really good fun. Yeah. Because it definitely can. But obviously with the rest of life, there's good and the bad. And I think as well, like, it doesn't matter who you're put in that environment with. Mm. Everyone's always going to have, like, there's always going to be some friction. Like, even the people, like, that you're closest with, if you live in close quarters with them, there's always friction. So you just multiply that by I mean there were four of us but then there was a team of 12 of us Mm. and then even more so in the last years there's been big big teams yeah and you just multiply that friction and then you've almost got like four little clans or three little clans depending on how many cabins you've got working on the same team and it's Mm. just like oh yeah that's that's another thing yeah is that you have separate cabins so you work together as one big team Mm. and then you all go off into your living areas and you are like you have that little click and yeah there are definitely and obviously you you can all go into your separate cabins and like bitch about the other ones so like the high cabins and stuff and it's just yeah so the it creates quite an interesting Mm, environment environment. (sighs) obviously it's that is a very it's a very niche example but it teach like i said it teaches you so much what has it taught you about boundaries Obviously, you've lived in this... You've worked and lived in this environment for six seasons? Yeah. Yeah. But the last two, I've been by myself. Everyone's had enough of her, so they put her in her own cabin. Yeah. (laughs) It was nice. Um, But what has it it taught you about boundaries? Um, I think that it's taught me that everyone definitely needs space. Mm -hmm. And even, like, you and I living together now, I know that... For both of us, we have good days and bad days, and some days we just want to be by ourselves. And yeah. I think in that environment, it's really hard to get that space for yourself. Um, and especially there were certain personality types that aren't into like going out for a walk or they're not into just, they would rather just have that space in their bed. So I think it's really important to be able to understand and like you almost want to read people. And like what we've talked about with being able to pick up on energy, if you can understand that that person might need a little bit more space and it's nothing personal to you. They've just had a bad day or they're just at the wrong time in their cycle and they're just not feeling well and they're just down. That's fine, but give them what they need. And I think that's just having that understanding of what they need and giving them the space where they need it. Like I would go out for a run or something, or I would just go off and maybe spend some time with the horses and just hang out. Or I go off with my other friends on camp if they were there (laughs) so that I could uh, um you know just get that kind of space and get that time to just like process and be like okay well actually like it's not the end of the world Mm. um but I do want to say that some people don't learn those boundaries and that time that all my clothes went missing oh that was stressful I came in one day and someone was trying on my clothes and I was just like are you okay and they were just like yeah 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 and that I just, I was like, okay, then have fun. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. What about you? Um, <clears throat> me being like, I've, you know, I've read the questions and I've, I wrote them. Do I have answers <laughs> to them? No. <laughs> um, I think it's taught me very, very similar lessons to that, that it's, it's not a, it's not always a personal thing. And sometimes mm. you just need, but that you need to set kind of, try and set clear boundaries from the off yeah because otherwise you fall into a trap of like 
kind of people please and and letting people in too much when actually you need to kind of create that barrier yeah for yourself and you know if you've had where you've all been working together and then you come back and live together you need to have that separation time yeah and also you need to have boundaries in the sense of like expectations as well Mm. and you can expect things of other people and you can set out clear boundaries and it's fine like the cleaning for example you know there was someone in the cabin when we were living there that never did it yeah you know we every you know we'd get like one day of a week and usually every we'd kind of take it in turns to every saturday morning spend like an hour and a half just cleaning the cabin and just getting it all lovely and it was great and then there was someone not pulling their weight and that makes a big dif- that makes yeah. a big difference and that is a really important boundary is that you can't just take it all on because it's easier for you to just do yeah. it all the time and you sometimes have to be like no you you need to be you mm. need to be pulling your weight as well it's a shared space yeah. it's not just like it's I'm yeah. a cleaner yes exactly it is a shared space and you have to be you have to be upfront with people and it's fine to tell people mm. that actually they need to be doing this and that yeah that is a, yeah. an expectation and a boundary that you need to set up you can't yeah. just be doing everything for everyone because i mean it gets a bit difficult when you start to live in a pigsty yeah but you which to be fair we did which we did <laughs> we did but we clean it every week yeah. it was fine i mean it obviously got really easy too for it to get messy because yeah. you know we were working outside we yeah. had all of our clothes but and then when it rained you had to bring your wet clothes inside because you had nowhere to put them smell <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a great time <laughs> yeah it was really fun i highly recommend it um but you know like the client the trying on of your clothes thing like there needs to be boundaries around your yeah. personal stuff in your personal space and it's I think this is something I've really learned as well is it's fine to say when something is upsetting you yeah you know this is this is a really great thing that you and I have Mm. and we've always had this understanding from kind of the day I moved in here yeah is that just be honest and open with each other and that works as a boundary because like you say we can go off and be in our own space we're both Mm. quite we're both people that need to have alone time alone time yeah and it's like it's fine we have that understanding and it makes life so much yeah so much easier so much and easier. we have expectations of each other you yeah. know it's yeah we I don't feel like it's a kind of one side taking mm. too much because we've set out those clear boundaries from yeah. the off and I think living in the, in this environment has really helped me to form those understand that yeah and I think as well in a work environment I mean I'm quite careful now which is quite funny because I've made my best friends at camp but Mm. any other work environment I'm a little bit more cautious of letting people into my life like I don't really I've got I love like the people that I work with but especially at the moment actually because we've got quite a young team but when it comes to like letting them into my life I have more boundaries there because I'm just a bit more cautious of it and I do you think that's potentially left over from camp I think so Yeah. yeah Which is, that's why I think it's funny because, like, I've yeah. met, like, my best friends at camp. I mean, three of my bridesmaids. <laughs> You're three. <laughs> but, three but, of my bridesmaids are from camp. Yeah. I mean, if, like, it makes it makes total sense, but it, it also makes sense that you would have that boundary kind of in place because when you're you know how it feels to be squished into such yeah. close quarters and you're like okay i need to make sure that when i'm expand now going into this yeah. environment in a more expanded sense i keep that that mm. in place and i know what it's like to 
you yeah. also have a very intense experience of knowing what it's like to live with someone and work with someone and have a bit of then a challenging time working with them and how that then transfers into a personal into a living thing yeah and I think as well like I've noticed you pick up on and this is from the six years that I've worked there you actually pick up on people's work ethics mm. connect back to their personality and like their life kind of how they are in general so you do learn that they might be a real pain in the ass to work with and you really like struggle to get things done and sometimes you find that that's actually how they think outside of work as well and it's really difficult to kind of get into like a living space with them because you just work so differently and like for me it's common sense you fold your clothes, you put them away, especially when you've got, like, that many people living together. Like, you keep it, as tidy as you yes. can, whereas for some people, they just don't care. Yeah. So it's quite interesting to see how that connects through. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, that leads me nicely on to, do you think it has taught you things that you have used elsewhere? Obviously, <laughs> you kind of have just answered yeah. that a little bit. But do you think it's taught you anything else, like, about um, working in an environment perhaps with team members that you may not always get on on with fabulously well with um I think it's taught me I mean I've never been I've always been quite a introvert and I've never really had a heap of friends and like Mm. especially because you're so horrible yeah I'm nasty I like really struggle to get on with some girls because I just am like I can't be bothered with that full-on like bitchiness and just like the the judginess like everything it's like ooh, gross or you know I just am like let's be happy and I know you and I have our moments but we're very much on the same wavelength <laughs> what are you talking about you and I are lovely people <laughs> you know at the end of the day we're still very like open to anything whereas I think sometimes I struggle with people that are quite closed off and that's taught me to how to just it's taught me a lot about people like how to understand them how to work with them and then how they might be, how that might translate to their everyday life, but also how they actually have, everyone's got something going on and that it's kind of like uncovering those layers outside of work and then you see how it affects them as a person or when they're working and you kind of join the dots, I think, whereas like when you're in the normal workforce, you don't see the behind the scenes for those people. So it's a little bit harder to understand who where they've come from. Hmm. But it's definitely kind of taught me to stop and watch a bit more and just take that step back. And if I don't get on with someone or I'm not having a good day with them in a meeting room, like I I just kind of slow it down and try to understand why or if there's something else. Um, oh, yeah, I feel like that made sense. No, it did. It did. No, it made complete sense. It, because in a work environment, you are quite often thrown together with people that you may not get on yeah. swimmingly with. And... I think something it's taught me is that you don't have to get on with everybody on a personal level. You just have yeah. to work with them. Yeah. And I have worked with many people that I've not gotten on very well with. In fact, I've had to work in a very tight knit team with someone I really struggled with and who mm. was actually pretty horrible to me and was like 30 years older than I was. Yeah. But it's, but you just, you don't have to get on really well with everyone. I and mean, like you say, you, you don't know these if you don't know these people mm. outside of what you don't know really what's going on in their lives and when you live in an environment like camp you can't help but know everyone know everything about everyone's lives because you're living in such 
close proximity and like I've gained a very similar appreciation from you can see what's going on with people Mm. and you how you gain that greater understanding that actually you don't usually know the full picture yeah and that you need to just kind of take a bit of a step back I mean don't don't get me wrong you can still find people really annoying and, and challenging to work with and they may have things going on in their lives but it doesn't mean that they're not really Maddie Honestly, it <laughs> doesn't mean that they're not really difficult to work with, basically. But, yeah, you just have to reserve judgment a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, I think the biggest lesson, like I say, that I took out of it is that you do not have to get on really well with everybody. Yeah. You just have to be civil enough to work with them, which obviously is challenging when you don't go back <laughs> and live with them, but it's fine. Um, um, the other thing that I wanted to add in there is I also think we've probably learned a lot about communicating Mm. and actually Joe and I were having a conversation yesterday about it, that it's very much like people beat around the bush and it's so much easier to do when you're living with people because you don't want to hurt their feelings. You don't want drama outside of work. And I think like one of my later years, like with Ayla or even with Sam, um, and I was super close to the people that I was managing. Mm. I learned to, have like a way of communicating with them that was very much this is the problem or like real direct in terms of like this is what we need to solve or this is not going quite right and then working backwards from there rather than beating around the bush and being like oh I'm not sure about this oh I'm not sure about that because it actually is more detrimental to your friendships that like when you're trying to manage that balance and I think that's now led into me being a little bit more direct at work like I can be like this isn't right or "Mm, not sure about this or this is our problem like we're not actually solving the problem we're just talking shit and this meeting is going in circles and it's been in circles about 20 times which is a great (laughs) thing because my god we've all been in so many meetings where it just runs in circles and so because you just discuss the problem and then you discuss it in a slightly different way and like you say you just need to have a more direct approach and I think that's a really great thing to bring through as a young woman Mm. because I feel like I I don't know as women we are taught slightly more to just don't create too much of a fuss don't be like rude we don't want to cause a problem just sort of like pad everything Mm. out actually sometimes you just that stuff doesn't need padding out it just needs to just be said yeah um and relationships and team work is always usually better for it yeah just straight to the point I mean I've said it I know I've said it to our CEO a few times I've been quite like blunt and quite direct and been like this isn't working or like Mm. I'm not sure what you're trying to say here or you know like just very honest because I do have to be quite candid with him because we work so closely together but it actually comes out for the better and I'm still working on it definitely nowhere near perfect but I have found that every time I've just been quite direct and like this is an issue or you're not you're fucking around too much or whatever it's worked out for the best never for the worst so it is a good thing to kind of keep in mind and it's nice as well that you can do that in an environment that like um nurtures it rather than Mm. just you being labeled as like bossy or Mm. like direct or rude it's being nurtured and that's a really great thing and I think that's a great thing about the camp environment is that everybody kind of quickly learns that that's the communication style 
and yeah. you get to you get to practice. Yeah. <laughs> and you get to practice and you're still kind of all friends really at the end of the day because you have to be because you yeah. know that if you're not if you're going to cause issues it's just going to you're going to make your own life yeah. miserable it's basically. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a really it can be a really great place to nurture mm. those skills. Um what is the advice you would give for someone struggling in situations where they're having to be in kind of close proximity, whether that's living, working, whatever, with people that they struggle with that are not their people, they're not gelling, but they're having to be with them in some capacity anyway? Um, I think take time for yourself, if that's in an office environment or wherever, like always make sure you have something that you can fall back on, say, like putting your headphones in and listening to a really good podcast called Girls Without Degrees. Um, (laughs) No, but putting your headphones in. I listen to music sometimes in the office because I'm not gelling with the conversations going on or I'm not quite like... I take things really personally. So it's like little things that we've spoken about. I will... No one will mean any bad intention, bad harm through it. But I take it personally, so I think it's really important and I have to remind myself, always assume good intentions. That's a big one. And then find the things that give you space, even if you can't get physical space, what gives you mental space? And I think that really helps. Like, if you can get physical space, amazing. Go for a run or, like, just go for a walk or go sit somewhere else or go find other friends or other people to talk to. Like, just give yourself time to mentally reset what's your advice I think the advice for me would be open the communication stream and you don't it if you're really really struggling Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to remain shit you can talk about stuff so the example the example I had where I worked with that lady that was really challenging we ended up having to have a full-on like mediated meeting yeah but it was great because it got stuff into the open and I'd sort of just turned around and I was like enough is enough Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you can if you are really struggling don't feel as though you have to stay completely quiet you can talk about stuff and actually talking about stuff usually gets just everything out into the open you have to prepare yourself that you may hear things that are not particularly nice to hear yeah um but in the same way the other person or other people may also hear things that they don't particularly want to hear but once you've kind of cleared through this obviously isn't perhaps mm. relevant to everything and there are, there are times when it may not go quite as you anticipate but once you kind of wash away that initial like murky layer everything becomes clearer and like I say you don't have to be the best of friends with these people you work yeah. with you have to be the best of friends with people you live with but you can at least come to some sort of level playing field but mm. I, I again also agree with you in that it's okay to take space and time yeah. and if you are really struggling do create little routines around stuff that you don't enjoy this is something this is a massive lesson I have learned is that you can create small enjoyable routines mm. around the stuff that you don't enjoy and it makes it a lot easier yeah like I used to have to do this really awful drive through these really like dark hills around the around Stroud which are like really like windy and horrible but I'd always and I hated it and it was dark it was the middle of winter but I always listened to my audiobooks mm. and I really lo- I started to really treasure that time and that drive because I, it would be the time for just me having time out listening to my audiobooks mm. my phone obviously wouldn't be going off and that's where I really learned to create these like little environments that I loved around stuff I didn't love yeah 
Um, yeah, but no, communication is is a great thing, and don't ever be don't ever feel like you have to always completely suffer in silence whilst it unfortunately is part of working life that you have to sometimes work with people that you don't always you're not always going to be like best friends with you also don't if things are going really badly you don't have to be completely silent about it that's yeah. uh, it and it can be challenging to feel like you're not oh i'm just causing a fuss like i'm just i don't want to make people's lives difficult like i don't want to i don't want to be the one that raises my head if it's making you incredibly miserable, you can be the one to raise your head. Mm. If it's affecting your work, don't be afraid to speak up about it because usually actually the situation gets a lot easier once you have spoken about yeah. it. Yeah, once you've kind of put it out into the ethos. And it doesn't sound as bad, I think, when you've got problems and you talk about them. Yeah. They problems when you talk about them. <laughs> you know, like little yeah. things, it takes the power away from whatever you're trying to protect it actually takes that power away and then it becomes more like oh okay well it's just something i have to deal with finally do you feel like this is it's an advantage now having lived in that environment do you now feel like the times that you the child the difficult times that you experience through living there do you now feel like you really have that as an advantage potentially above others that haven't had that sort of intense environment Yes. Yeah. That is an easy yes. Um I it's a different experience for sure. Um and it's I think what I say is a lot of the time especially when people are like, "Well, well, you didn't go to uni." I'm kind of almost like, "Well, no, I didn't. That's fine." But I've had an extra I don't know how long have I been in the workforce, like 7 years. Yeah. I've had an extra 7 years of experience, but also real in-depth people experience Mm. to kind of make up for that and it has like it's honestly I always say like camp has been the biggest thing for me that's absolutely changed my life like I could have gone down a completely different path I wanted to study fashion design and marketing did not work out but anyway I ended up at camp and I think as a person it grew me like I've grown five times as fast Mm. I think then if I had just started in the workforce and stayed in one job until this point, I think that's been a huge thing for me is like that growth and dealing with different people every summer in the same environment. And then you have to remember that they're new and you have to remember that you can't be like as impatient as I am. (laughs) You can't be impatient. Like they've got to learn as well. And I learned and I I was a slow learner. Like I was definitely not speedy, speedy and I wasn't the best to start with. And but no one that's is. A, no, exactly. And that's kind of where you have compassion for the people coming through because you understand where they are at and they, you understand, like, that they're at that stage that you were once at. And I think that's taught me so much as, like, compassion for everyone in the workforce because even if I'm not where other people are, I understand where certain people are at and I understand where they've got to go and, like, how they've got to get there. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's nice little, I don't know, it's really like biggest part of my life. Yeah. Unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) It, I mean, it completely changed my life. Yeah. Completely and utterly. And I say this to everybody. I mean, did I have the absolute most amazing best time ever whilst I was there? No. No, not always. (laughs) No, it it was. No one has. It was incredible. It was incredibly hard at times. And my God, there were times when I really felt like throwing the towel in. But I'm so so glad I didn't because it has it has taught me so much and I kind of feel like 
it's sort of that experience for me a bit like if I can do this I can do anything yeah <laughs> and that's it yeah if I can if I can live and work with the same people and spend three months basically locked into this weird bubble with them in very close proximity I can work with people in a small team that may rub me up the wrong way slightly. I, yeah. I can do it. And then you get to go home at the end of the day. And then you get what to a go blessing. And you, and exactly. <laughs> and you're like, wait, I can leave. I can go home. Okay, it's it's beautiful. It's fine. It 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 does. It, but yeah, it's completely and utterly changed yeah. my life for the better. And it's given me confidence and, and appreciation. It improved my work ethic so yeah. much. Like even when I look back on myself when I first got there in... And then by the end of the summer, like, it was two completely different people. It's insane. And although we didn't go to university, and obviously we've spoken a little bit about the kind of social side that brings, camp is almost like a mini... The social side of it is like a mini university environment because it's like... Or like mad boarding school or something. Yeah. (laughs) Because you have that... Obviously, you know, when you're at uni, you all live in halls together. You all kind of do a lot of stuff together. Camp is that just on an accelerated scale Mm. because you're all in much closer quarters and obviously you're not there for as long as you would be at uni. So you do kind of have that. I think it's a great thing for people like us because it's given us that little little social aspect that we obviously didn't get through not going to uni. Yeah, I think as well, like just I want to rewind a little bit what you've said about like we when we can come home after work I think that has given us a huge appreciation for that because we're always like could be worse could be worse <laughs> could be way worse <laughs> going back to our tiny cabin right now and all just laying there in silence because oh. we have a big argument at work yay yay <laughs> Rosie's culture roundup. Okay, I'm gonna make no apologies to anyone for the fact this culture roundup is dedicated to entirely one thing. Oh, I hope it's what I'm thinking of. It is what you're thinking of. So, we. In fact, new episodes released today. So, Harry and Meghan. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh my god. So. Harry and Meghan obviously are very I feel like maybe over here less I mean they're kind of controversial figures all over the world really um, and obviously they probably they probably are big controversial figures here because the amount of British people that have decided that they want to come and put their presence on poor New Zealand including myself <laughs> um, obviously Harry and Meghan completely like thrown to the wolves with the British media Yeah, I mean the fact that the, the British tabloids are quite honestly awful and mm. the way they can tear someone apart and, you know there have been many many occasions where they've torn someone apart so hideously that they've taken their own lives yeah and it's been and then they're like oh no it's like y- you can't be fucking serious right now you had a direct impact on that and you know like there was a police who was it was it head of former head of MI5 or MI6 it was someone quite high up in like the secret service mm. was interviewed like a couple of weeks ago and said that yeah we dealt with very real threats to the Duchess of Sussex's life yeah like proper the threats that we had to go because obviously the secret service is constantly intervening yeah. and stopping stuff and there would we there was real proper genuine concern that someone was going to take her life and the tabloids still think it's okay to just completely rip her to shreds and encourage this sort of 
psyche in people that makes them want to do something like that. Yeah. And I think with the argument, obviously, with Harry and Meghan, has been, oh, they said they wanted privacy and now they're making all these things. A couple of things. Yeah. One, yeah. they have to make money. I, that it's just the unfortunate fact of it mm. like you do have to make money I mean yes she's obviously wealthy in his, her own right he is wealthy in his own right but they still have to make money people yes. need money to live and they need money to live the kind of life they lead like I mean they're never obviously going to end up on the streets type thing mm. but they you know they need money and two they're telling their story in a way that is important to them because what became very clear in that documentary is that they weren't allowed to speak out about yeah. what their story was. They couldn't ever tell the truth because the palace does very strictly control what is said yeah. in the press because they, I mean, the palace understandably wants to avoid scandal and stuff. And obviously they did, you know, the Buckingham Palace have released, released statements to be like, stop, we're very concerned about the media attention mm. and the horrible things said about Meghan. It didn't stop them. Like, it no. didn't stop the media, it didn't stop the trolls. But, you know, the palace did try and help a bit in the beginning. But it was kind of on a scale that they'd probably not ever seen before. And it, you mm. do have that race element. Yeah. Like, it's... It's very it, real. People can pretend... And, like, we're not racist. It's like, well, actually, you kind of are. I've asked several people. So people are, oh, I hate, I don't like Meghan Markle. It's like, right, can you tell me why you don't like Meghan Markle? And they're like, um, uh, uh... I'm like... Okay. you don't know her as well yeah, like exactly you don't know her i'm not like i'm not definitely not her biggest I mean, fan or a biggest advocate i i like her i think she's yeah. cool but i also don't know her enough to judge her no. on anything like that i mean i do also find her a bit irritating sometimes like yeah. they are a bit like they did come across as a little bit like oh god um but what i think i loved is that they are so in love with each other yeah that's what really came so across obvious. and it's I like actually that they're breaking away from the kind of stiff upper lip type thing that is mm. that we think the royal family should always be and it's like they're actually just people they're allowed yeah. it's, it's the most bizarre thing ever that you know they all go into a room and they're like bowing and curtsying and stuff to mm. each other and then they'll have their normal call it is the most it is such a strange thing when you consider yeah. it but I think what the biggest issue British people actually have with Meghan Markle as well is that she's American and she's just so open with her feelings. Like, yeah. you know, I said to you, so she obviously there's a moment in the documentary where she goes up to her teacher and she's like, oh my God, hi. Yeah. You, like, you'd never catch Kate Middleton doing that. No. Because, and for British people, it's like, oh yeah, that's how the royal family should behave. And it's like, actually, she's just a human. It's okay. It's just who she is. It's just who she is. It's okay that she's loving. It's okay. It's nice that it hasn't been completely stomped out of her like I mm. like that she still has that kind of true to herself attitude like yeah. it, it's that is really lovely but it was and it was so nice watching them with the kids and stuff and it was yeah. so nice to see Harry look really happy because yeah I think genuinely happy ge like yeah genuinely happy because that little you know we were obviously there's scenes of like from the time when Princess Diana died and he was saying, you know, my mother died and I was grieving and I had to go out and comfort the public yeah. for the loss of my own mother. And he's there, like, you know, he's, a, he's a, a kid and he's there in his little suit, like shaking people's hands and being like, oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you for coming. All you'd actually want to do is curl up and cry. Or just grieve or yourself. Just grieve in private and you just couldn't. Mm. And also he knows... Harry knows he's never ever going to be king so he is kind of allowed to let 
loose yeah. a little bit. And I, it's what pisses me off the most though about the whole thing is that they are, everyone's up in arms about Harry and Meghan. Why is no one up in arms about Prince Andrew? Where is that intense media attention? Like Prince Andrew was actually very much proven to be friends with sex offender Jeffrey Epstein, and yet the vitriol stays with Harry and Meghan. So you can't who are tell just happy living their lives. Who are just happy living their lives, and you know they they do still do philanthropic work. They but they they took themselves out. They pay for their own security. Like they do a lot of stuff. For themselves, they they've removed themselves from the environment that wasn't healthy for them, and they're building this new great life. But and then there's Prince Andrew, who's just constantly like leeching off of taxpayers' money. Like his taxpayer money paid for his lawsuit. Yeah, for a lawsuit he settled for a woman he's never met. Anyway, but Weird. you so when I think this is when you have all this vitriol against Harry and Meghan, but there's not against Prince Andrew. You can't tell me that there's not something else at play but it isn't the race element it isn't the american element it isn't just like just because we've just decided we hate this woman i mean there's obviously like masses of examples of that throughout history Mm. people suddenly just decide they hate this hate i mean kind of women in particular to be honest with you hate this woman and then that's it yeah and we hate her and and we're going to attack her and attack her and attack her but he gets to kind of live on but aside from that negativity I loved the scenes of the kids and yes. they were just so they were genuinely so in love with each other. Yeah. And it was really like gorgeous to see. Yeah. Um, you know that moment where she's holding Archie up to that picture of Princess Diana. And she's just Megan is just so beautiful and radiant. Yeah, like, she is. Oh she's so God. gorgeous. Look, I really hope this is the first step in many of ending the British tabloids because oh there's just so oh many God. Unfortunately, it's been a long thing but I do genuinely believe this is going to make a difference I really I think really it's going to so. be a lot like I don't think we're going to see it in our lifetimes but I do believe that I there really will so. I come really, a day <laughs> I really hope so and I really genuinely implore with people this might sound a bit strong but I please don't get your news from British tabloids yeah. don't visit the Daily Mail website it can be really tempting because there's so many like oodles and oodles of stories that but you actually don't know that if are actually real. Quite, like also you know they obviously put some like funny stories out but the British tabloids have done some despicable things, mm. completely despicable things. And it would be a dream of mine in my lifetime to see some of the things they've done, have them brought to justice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, please don't read British tabloids. They are trash. <laughs> and you're supporting wrong people. Exactly. Anyway. Well, with that... I will get, um... Yes. So, I don't have a theme song for you, I'm afraid. I think you're the theme song expert. Mm, I I think I'm just going to stick to my one song. Okay, fair enough. I think that's enough exposure (laughs) for me. Oh my God, I forgot to tell you. Um, What are you doing? You're really in the You're going to be like singing in your Yes, yes, yes. Um, what I was like, I was singing about Santa. I yeah. saw Mummy kissing Santa. Yeah, she was like, oh, she's singing. <laughs> of course she was. <laughs> um, no, so that, speaking of my mother, mm. last week's woman without degree. Yes, your incredible mother. Was really, is, is really hard to follow up from. So this week, 
I, there's a, there are a lot of people that I do know without degrees and there's a lot of successful people I know without degrees. And I think we'll highlight them in time. I'm right now. I really want to focus on what is going to help, like what's going to inspire people and what's actually going to help them. It's nice to educate people about people they may not know. Yeah. Yeah. So this one is going back to someone that's a little bit more famous, not right up there, but, um, she is an Australian influencer, but she's also a business owner um Steph Miller or Steph Claire Smith if you know her on Instagram um so she was came out of high school as a model and went to become like a I think she went to LA she traveled around a lot working as a model and kind of really immersed herself in that environment and having that as a career um but then she later met her co-founder and they have a business called kick or keep it cleaner. Um, and they built that together and they've built it really, really well. Like it's a really supportive, encouraging environment. I mean, they've managed to turn it into lots of other mm. like, avenues and oh, other that's great. It. Yeah. They now create, like they've got their own food products and they've got different, I mean, they have a whole bunch of different trainers and coaches on their app. Now it's insane. I'm not part of it anymore, but I used to, be on it and it was quite good like it got me through lockdown because it was like 20 minute workouts and they really were just like Hmm. you don't have to force yourself to go to the gym every day but if you want to move like these are ways that you can move essentially so her both her and Laura have done really well at that and then she's also had her other businesses off to the side like she had a business called Midnight Swim um she was a co-founder in Soda Shades and then they've her and Josh have sold that recently so she's had a lot going on and now she's a full-time mum but she's also managing keep it cleaner I think that's her only avenue right now yeah, she's really have, focusing on it the pod and stuff and yeah they've got the pod it's I with her it's a clear example that you don't have to take the traditional path to yeah get through to business like you don't have you know don't have to have a degree you can yeah. you it it doesn't have to be a boundary for people taking you seriously she's done mm. incredibly well And I think a business, when you look at like entrepreneurs and CEOs and business people, it's like almost everyone. Mm. I think that's the thing is you don't have to be a specific personality type to be a, to run a business or to be successful. Mm. I think that it just, you need to find what you love and really take advantage of that. And I think that's what she's a really good example of is not conforming or not conforming to a specific mold even as a model she was very much like I'm not gonna lose all this weight for you like I want to be healthy um so I really like I think she's like a good inspiration yeah I do quite like looking up to her that's good and it's nice that you have yeah it's, it's really lovely when you find a role model that takes a similar path to the one you're on and is doing well because Sometimes it can be really easy to get lost in the world of, like, uh, especially when you're surrounded by friends that maybe have yeah. degrees and are doing really well or friends that are, are doing great in other avenues. And you're like, but you, you aren't like me. Am I ever going to do well? Like, is it yeah. ever going to work? And then when you find that role model, you're like, yeah, it is going to work. It can just, it's, it may not always, you know, it may always propel you to success, but it can just give you that confidence boost that gets you to that first step. Yeah. So do you have a wedding update for us um we're very slow moving at the moment but I did want to talk we were just talking Joe and I about this on the beach this morning and I Mm. thought it was quite relevant is um we are 
currently looking at a recession next year. Yay. Um, and for Joe and I, we're looking at the fact that we did we do have a budget for the wedding and it is as bigger than what I wanted it to be, but like unfortunately the venue that we want is quite expensive and that's okay because I think we could have gone around and around in circles trying to find places and when you find the one it's the one yeah Yeah. it works I mean we're paying like on top of that we're also paying for the luxury of having a venue that we don't have to get kicked out of we can stay there for three days like there's so many things there's a heaps of accommodation on site like there's so many perks with that and the dogs are allowed of course, it wouldn't. They <laughs> wouldn't be a wedding without dogs. <laughs> um, so that's really good. And then obviously the other thing that I wanted to get right was that what we've spoken about was our photographers. I really wanted to not skimp on that. I wanted to find someone that could capture the day because I'm for you as well that has have a personal passion and love for photography. And yeah, I, that is a really important feature. Yeah, and I find it hard. Like I haven't. I've lost a lot of self-confidence in the last four years. Like I hate photos of myself and like, I hate seeing photos of me. So I really wanted someone that could just maybe catch it in a really natural light in mm-hmm. terms of like, I don't want to have to stand and pose for photos. And these guys Brides, aren't going to make family, us do that. Grooms, family, <laughs> bridesmaids. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't want that. We're going to give them a list of the people that we want or like the main priorities to capture like family and they'll figure it out anyway. They're super relaxed. We're super relaxed, but I don't want to go away for two hours and pose like I don't, I could care I couldn't care less like I just want some really nice natural photos that capture the day and that's what these guys are really good at so we are putting a little bit more money than I would like to have put into them but that's okay because I think it's worth it and then everything else I'm really going to try and keep cost effective low all that jazz um but I do want to talk about like budgeting for weddings and managing finances so that's my wedding update is finances the most disgusting thing but no but an incredibly important thing yeah so I think it's really important to make sure that you are doing it for you and for no one else and actually at the end of the day money doesn't grow on trees unlike what (laughs) that influencer was saying I showed Rosie a reel the other day of this influencer that put up like myths about money and one of them was it doesn't grow on trees I'm like honey I mean, it's it definitely made, doesn't grow on trees. Yeah, it doesn't like, grow on trees. I mean, it, I don't think it is anymore because you've got the plasticky notes, but they probably yeah. still have some element of paper on them. So in that sense, it kind of grows on trees. But and then it, she was like, "Oh, you don't have to work hard." Have to work hard. It was, it was really, odd. it was really odd. It and was really confusing. so odd. So anyway, there was that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. money doesn't grow on trees. So really think about what you're doing and who you're doing it for. Like we will probably have a certain so much food and so much drink and then we might have like food trucks or something where people can top up what they want um and they can purchase that themselves like we can't cater for the number of people that we are going to have because we do have a ridiculously large guest list because we want to share our special day with quite a lot of people so popular so I think in terms of a financial position, also we're looking at we've got our mortgage. We're looking at making sure that we don't get in the shits with that, especially with the interest rates likely to be doubling by the time we have to refix it. There's a lot to be thinking about. So I think it's really important to just make sure that 
for me, do it for us, make sure what we're doing is the right thing for us, make sure that we're spending the money on the stuff that we really want. And then things like even like my dress, like at the end of the day, I don't need a designer dress. I don't need the most expensive dress in the world as long as I'm comfortable. You just have to love it. That's um, it. This is, this again, like what you've said and like what I've said to you from the beginning when you've been stressing about stuff, this wedding is for you. It is yeah. not for anyone else. It's, it, you have to make it what is going to make you happy. Exactly. It's, yeah, it is your wedding day. It's your, it's for you and Joe to celebrate your love and your life and yeah it, you don't need to focus on anyone else don't stress about oh do we invite these people do we like what do we do with this just make it what is right for you and that includes your budget yeah yeah that includes making sure that you're not stretching yourself to the point where you're going to be uncomfortable and spend the whole time stressing out about stuff that you never needed to do because it wasn't going to be the right thing for you guys anyway yeah exactly yeah which i think is incredibly solid advice for planning a wedding because yeah. it's something we're just not you don't really prepare for because obviously we don't you can't for how expensive it is you can't you don't really think about it until obviously you're doing it mm. like we all kind of know at some point that we may potentially own a house and your parents mm. can talk to you like people talk to you about owning a house yeah people don't really talk about weddings how expensive how expensive every wedding. and how like you will literally say I know that our venue, and we've kind of messed it up now, I know we can hire our venue for $2,000 a night mm. as an Airbnb. But because we want getting it in prime wedding season, we oh. have to hire it as, a, like, they charge extra for you to have the ceremony on their grounds. They charge extra. Oh, you chuck it wedding in. pathetic. Yeah, yeah, you chuck wedding in front of anything, and it's like, ah, oh, that will be 50% more expensive, I'm afraid. Yes. It's, it's the, the premium for the, you said wedding, so. Yeah yeah which is a which is a pretty shit thing to do it is anyway with that we're gonna leave you there for the week thank you so much for joining us again and we cannot wait for next week's episode oh you're gonna love it Bye. bye